pregame pancakes. Is that a thing? That is totally a thing. Yes. I will. I will even say that I inherited that. I mean, this is my fourth, really fifth year to work with the team. And that was a thing that I was told like, Hey, kind of try not to mess this up. We do pancakes (laughs) on game day. And I'm like, I'm totally down with pancakes. Welcome back to the Eat More Carbs podcast. I'm your host and sports dietitian, Riley Beatty. And today I'm joined with fellow dietitian, Lindsay Langford. Welcome to the podcast, Lindsay. Hi, Riley. Thanks for having me. Excited Uh, to be here. I'm so excited that you're on. We're going to talk all about women's soccer, carbohydrates, and also tips for those young soccer players out there who are listening, who want to make it to the next level. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds like a fun time. I've got a hot cup of tea here and ready to chit chat. (laughs) Yay. So before we dive in, I would love for you to give a brief like introduction and share a little bit about your role with the women's national team and then everything else that you do. Yeah. Um, I am a sports dietitian and Ascension St. Vincent Sports Performance. We're in Indianapolis. Um, I've been here for 15 years and have loved my job, feel like it's one of those that it's like, you know, you never work a day in your life type thing, whatever that saying is, (laughs) Um, (laughs) because I have just had some really great opportunities here. And and one of those um, being the opportunity to serve as women's national team sports dietitian. I also currently am working with Butler University and then work with individual athletes outside of that. Um, Have had opportunities in the past to be the sports dietitian with Indiana Pacers and the uh, Indianapolis Colts. So, but right now, laser focused on the World Cup with um, women's national team mostly. I can't believe it. So right now for everybody listening, we're talking before the world cup, but you are headed to Australia very, very soon. Yes, I know. I'm getting excited and nervous. I, um, I, so my role with the women's national team, I'm not a full-time employee, obviously. Um, but I consult and typically do go into each camp that they have in a rough year. I would say we meet in camp like every other month for the most part, there definitely changes, but, um, and usually when I go into camp, I go in for mm, four to five days. Sometimes it's been a little bit longer than that, but this is going to be for the whole world cup. And so I'm like, how do you even pack for the potential of like six and a half weeks? So getting, getting excited, nervous, all of those things. Um, but yeah, I leave, I leave next Thursday. So yeah. Wow. Have you ever been to Australia? No. And it's been a bucket list, like destination for sure. Um, and I mean, you know, you've traveled for work events. It's like, I'm sure we'll get to do some fun things, but it, it will certainly be, um, guns a blazing. So from morning to night, so we'll see how much I get to actually see, but yeah, excited to be down under. Yeah. No, we always joke that like, I'm people are like, oh, you've been to all these places, but then it's like, well, every Hampton in like kind of looks yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Where's your favorite Hampton Inn in the basement? <laughs> oh, that's, um, yeah. Too funny. So, so we have a send-off series game in San Jose, California. So I will fly there um, for really just two days, give like a team presentation on some of the things to expect some of the nutrition um additions that we're kind of throwing in a little bit of education on travel nutrition and then I will fly a day ahead of them to New Zealand which will be our primary location Auckland New Zealand um for group stage we will travel some into Sydney but as the games progress um then we'll go to Australia a little bit more but mostly New Zealand oh my gosh so I think that's like a 17 hour flight I think if I'm correct. Well, typically it would be, I am from San Jose. I'm actually flying out of San Francisco and it is 13 hours and like my plane leaves 11 PM. So I'm like, just going to plan on going to sleep for as long as I can. And then waking up and being there and I land at like 6 AM. So doesn't seem that bad. I'm sure once you're in it, it will be, but yeah, it's 13 hours flight. Yeah. At least you get to sleep though. I mean, hopefully fingers crossed. I don't know if you can sleep on a plane. (laughs) I know. I'm going to try. Definitely going to try. So for maybe those players who are not going to be sleeping or maybe have a different time flight, because you said you're flying out a little bit earlier, um, any suggestions or I guess dietitian recommendations for nutrition on those long haul flights? Yeah. I mean, our players will be boarding again at about the same time. So the hope is that they really will have already been fed. They might get a small snack once they get on. Um, I will focus on, I mean, hydration, but obviously you're going to sleep. So we don't want to do too much hydration. Um, they will sleep. And I mean, we do have some melatonin and some, some products to potentially help with sleep. We've got some cherry juice, um, Yeah. The hope is that they sleep and then they wake up and trying to get their body into wake up mode. So, I mean, we've packed like some black tea, some green tea, some, some caffeine to really help them. Um, let's get awake and start trying to adjust, but honestly, within that flight, it's mostly hopefully sleep. Um, and then there'll be some hydration focuses for sure. Yeah. Cool. I always get for like some probiotic aspect to, you know, flying and what things we may pick up on the plane. Hopefully nothing. Fingers crossed. Nothing, nothing. (laughs) Um, so I know we're not in Australia yet, but I'm sure there's been planning, right? Like behind the scenes, there's been planning for months. Um, what are some things that you're going to hopefully maybe, maybe you can share, it's probably a secret, but some of the things that you're going to be implementing, um, those first couple of weeks in Australia and just preparation for the first game, which I think is the 21st. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say I have a few tricks up my sleeve and I'll, I'll see what, what we can share, but really it's just about getting the players acclimated to what they're used to. And so, um, getting settled within their room. We have like a little recovery room where they'll have snacks that they're used to. I would say that that was one of the hardest parts I felt is, um, a planning for what is your game plan for the year. And we could talk about that later, but like, what is, um, 
ordering everything <laughs> and ordering it so far ahead of time. And so, um, because basically we shipped everything on a boat to slow boats in New Zealand. <laughs> um, wow. The, uh, not, not six months ago. I would say that was February, I, I believe. Um, but it's, it's definitely been a while. And so it's like checking all of your boxes. Like, did we get everything ordered that we needed? Um, so that was, I feel like just a big, um, challenge in the planning process of it all and trying to think through, like, is there anything out of the norm that we might need or want? Or, I mean, we have players come in and they're like, oh, I'm, I'm using now this new like protein powder and it's the best thing. And I have to have it. Well, I didn't plan for that. And so it's a lot of that <laughs> ends up being on the player, of course. But um, yeah, I would say the packing process is probably the hardest. Yeah. Especially for six weeks too. Yeah. How much? Um, I really leaned on my, my teammates uh, a lot to do a lot of the estimation, honestly, because yeah, they, they do some of, some of more of that than I do sometimes. And will you travel with a chef? We will. Yeah. Um, this will be my first time working with this chef. Um, his name is Julio and, um, yeah, excited to, to work with him. I, um, in the past, I have always built the menus, um, but really rely on the chef for certainly the execution and oversight of it all. Um, but also throwing in their like um, individual flair into the dishes. And I'm certainly looking forward to working with him more. Um, a lot of the menus are already designed, but, um, total flexibility to be able to change things. And I know he'll come up with some good stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. I also feel like, especially in women's soccer too, there's a lot of like different preferences and lifestyles and things like that. So, um, I'm sure it'll be helpful to have, you know, that chef there that's familiar with the players can do the gluten-free, the plant-based all yeah. of those. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think our, in the past, our chef has kind of taken care of those, the vegan and the plant-based athletes, um, specifically, but our menu gratefully is, um, extremely diverse. So, uh, I mean, you really could eat off of the normal hotline almost for, for any kind of food allergy or preference for the most part. So, so it's fun. Yeah. A lot of different variety that hopefully they'll have. I've also heard, I don't know if this is a rumor, but I actually have heard this also from some of the athletes that are on Gotham, but pregame pancakes, is that oh a thing? Gosh, that is totally a thing. Yes. I will, I will even say that I inherited that. I mean, I, this is my fourth, really fifth year to work with the team. And that was a thing that I was told like, Hey, kind of try not to mess this up. We do pancakes <laughs> on game day. And I'm like, I'm totally down with pancakes. So one thing that I did that I think was pretty impactful because I later heard Kelly O'Hare talk about it on a podcast that she did, um, was basically having each player kind of do their own carb count, essentially, like how many gram, how much do you weigh in kilograms? How many grams of carbohydrate do you need pregame? And I went easy on them. Like, you know, the standard recommendation is like, Hey, you're eating your, your pregame meal four hours before you need to get yep. grams of carbohydrate. I even bumped that down to like three, just for the fact, and sorry for all of those, like completely following textbook or, or, 
shaming me for this, but in reality, it's really hard to get those four grams. And so I wanted them to at least hit that three. And then we can sneak in the four grams of carbohydrate per kilogram of body weight. Like, I think we can sneak more in as we go through like pregame shooters and like hydration shots or just different little things, sport gummies. And so anyway, I did have them like convert those numbers and actually see what does that mean in grams And then like turn that into servings, roughly like 15 to 20 grams of carbohydrate per serving. And a lot of them would come out with like, okay, I need eight servings or 10 servings or 12 servings of carbohydrates. So that would mean like 12 pancakes. (laughs) So, I mean, obviously they had syrup and that adds up and they have to drink, but I did get like super strong responses from the players with just like wide eyes. Honestly, they were probably looking at me like you're totally crazy, but (laughs) it was a fun, like fun for me assignment (laughs) to work through on like, how many carbs do we really need? (laughs) I just cannot imagine the faces. Some of the things that were said. Yeah. Uh, so this is called the Eat More Carbs podcast. So I'm so exactly. happy that you brought that up. Yep. Um, so for maybe those like younger athletes listening or those, you know, parents listening or even like coaches, director of ops, you are hearing like, hey, like this is how many carbohydrates you actually need. Um, why are carbohydrates, you know, important for soccer players, team sport athletes? Yeah, Um just your quick instant fuel source. I mean, you basically have three macronutrients, carbs, fats, and proteins and fats and proteins take a whole lot longer to break down. Carbs don't. So let's use those. Um, let's spare the, the muscle fibers that we have and not utilizing that fat sounds super alluring to use as a fuel source, but it's really inefficient to break down. And so carbs are quick. Carbs are your friends. And that's definitely a message that I preached for a couple of years with U.S. soccer. I think they now have the, um, I think they now get it, but you know what? We do have a lot of new players, so I might need to continue to preach that through this world cup too. (laughs) bring out the exercise again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What about like on a practice day? So yes, we know that carbohydrates, right. Are important on a game day, but I always like to say that you need to practice like you're feeling like you practice your sport. Um, because if you're not used to eating or you're not used to, you know, playing with your left foot, you're not gonna be able to play with your left foot during a game. So same thing with fueling. Um, what about like on a practice day, do you still need carbohydrates or I don't know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we certainly design our schedule a lot of time. Well, it's certainly around like the training time, but then where do, where does our fuel fit in? And so, I mean, we, we typically are trying to allow similar time frames of your breakfast prior to, um, prior to practice. Usually that's cut short by about an hour. So, um, it's not always totally spot on, but, um, but we have some of the same stuff available on get, yes, we have a game day menu of pancakes. Do we have that every single morning? No, but we certainly have potatoes or maybe it's French toast that morning or, um, plenty of other carbohydrate sources. And so it's definitely all available, um, for their practice days. And a lot of the, um, intra 
like carbohydrates and intranutrition. I feel like on a game day, you know, hey, halftime, we've worked through like every player kind of has their little protocol of what they do on at halftime. And so in a practice, we might not mimic that totally because a practice might not necessitate the need for intrafueling during a practice, but sometimes they do, especially when we go from like field work to lifts. Um, so then they can practice that then. Um, and, and we always have that, st- the items available. So sport gummies, uh, honey stinger waffles, the PB and J's, some fruit, um, kind of a lot of your standard stuff that you would typically see in a locker room, so to say is, is available. Yeah. The PB and J is underrated. <laughs> Yes. Those have been popular with a few. I would say, um, our team maybe tends to gravitate a little bit more to the gummies. Um, you know, what became really popular are sour raisins. Do you know what that is? What? No, no. Okay. So sunmade, sunmade raisins, like the old school red box with the lady on the front, Mm -hmm. um, they have designed, um, little packages of sour raisins. I sell them as like the healthy sour patch kit, if you will. Um, they have like a lemon zest on them and they have different flavors. There's watermelon and strawberry. And yeah, you need to go check them out, Riley. I need to try them. Target for sure has them. Um, that's my go-to, but a lot of times you can find them at most grocery stores. So I did introduce that and, um, they love them. And there's like 20 grams of carbs in a small little package. (laughs) Perfect. I love actually having this podcast because I get to talk to dietitians like yourself and I get to learn about all these fun things. So I'm so excited to try sour raisins. Yes, please do report back. Yeah. What about after training? So we talked about like pancakes, talked about carbohydrates before practice. What about after practice? Do we need carbohydrates? Do we need protein? Um, we need both. And so we, we are definitely focused on getting some of those proteins in just to help with that, um, the muscle breakdown that's occurred during a training session. Um, but we certainly still need carbohydrates. What I will say, and I am queen of carbohydrates like you too. Um, but what I will say is that we do go to our meal shortly after, Um, so the amount of carbohydrates kind of depends on where, where our meal lines up, but we are for sure getting carbs in. And I'll tell you the main ways that I feel like we get them in are through cherry juice and an electrolyte beverage. So typically post-training, I'm trying to get all three of those. They have some form of a protein shake. They have a electrolyte that they're rehydrating with and a little cherry juice shot. So we, we definitely get our carbohydrates through those things. Um, and then I know they're going to follow that up in a, with a full meal in the next hour. So it's pretty textbook. I feel like if you're reading literature and learning (laughs) grams and calculating everything. I feel like we we've gotten pretty darn close to following those guidelines. Yeah. That's exciting. And I I think it's really cool that it's like very practical. Like it's very easy, like Mm -hmm. implementing very simple things, but again, it's like textbook um, and it works. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Cool. So we have a lot of younger athletes that listen to the podcast, a lot of parents um, and maybe they're looking right at 
their future with the women's national team, right? We have Alyssa Thompson, very, very young, maybe athletes who are aspiring to be the next Alyssa Thompson. Um, What are some things that younger players can start implementing as it um, relates to nutrition? Um, I think a lot of things that we've talked about, you know, getting carbohydrates pre afterwards, making sure that you're recovering. I I do think with younger athletes, they don't either know that, or they have, they struggle following that with, I mean, I think of the typical high school kid, you know, you're sitting in class. And so that becomes hard to like, get this pre snack in or pre-practice snack in sometimes. And so learning ways to definitely make that happen and, and getting as creative as, as needed from maybe it's even just like, you know, the small pre-bottled naked smoothies that you bring with them in a cold pack, um, that they can sip on in a class cause they can't eat. Um, but yeah, definitely. I use the phrase protect the bookends a lot that we're protecting the bookends of our training session. We're going in well-fueled so we can give it all that we have out on the field and then post that we're recovering so that we can, um, perform the next day. So definitely protect the bookends. And another thing I think to young athletes is just like really working on that palette. I mean, working on diversifying your food intake and learning how to, uh, just because when I was eight, nine, and 10, I didn't like broccoli. So now that I'm 12 and 13, I don't like broccoli, but, um, your taste buds change if I remember this right, I hope I'm not like quoted or or, or get hate email for it, but I feel like, um, I, I typically quote that your taste buds change about every seven years, read that somewhere in my line of schooling. And so, um, yeah, I pulled that out that, Hey, what you liked and didn't like when you were seven and eight, you could potentially like now as you're a teenager. So trying to diversify the foods, getting in, um, honestly, really, it's just learning to like fruits and vegetables too. So, yeah. Yeah. Any interesting or fun ways to sneak in fruits and vegetables for those athletes that don't like them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know that I have anything overly creative. I think my go-tos would be smoothies. That would probably yep. be the answer of a lot of dietitians. Um, sauces as well. I mean, you can puree things and throwing them into tomato sauces uh, or spaghetti sauces. Um, not done a ton with the cauliflower, but I think of even like their cheese sauces or Alfredo's that you can make throwing cauliflower in. I will say that, um, that takes a lot of times more time than I personally have in the kitchen. So, um, but, um, but Hey, when you're traveling with a chef, you can do a lot of things that you wouldn't do for yourself. There you go. (laughs) Um, yeah, but smoothies, I think for the young athletes, sauces, um, using things like stir fries and sandwiches, to like, for instance, you know, you're at Subway and like adding, adding all the vegetables that you think you might like in your sandwich that adds up. Um, and then eventually, I mean, same thing kind of with the stir fry or pasta, like, are there any vegetables that you think you might like? And then a lot of times you, you can train yourself to where you now are like kind of craving that thing. I mean, fruits and vegetables are so high water content. They typically have a good crispness to, them. Um, and so sometimes then you, you develop that palate where you start to kind of crave those things. So, yay. Well, hopefully everybody listening will start to crave fruits and vegetables because they're going to try out some of Lindsay's tips and tricks. Um, cool. So I have a couple other questions for you. I have four ending questions that I always do, um, at the end of each podcast. Um, and these are for you. So I would love to hear what your favorite carbohydrate is. 
I saw that on your sheet when you sent it. And I felt like, oh, I don't know if I have a great answer. I think I have like a politically correct dietitian answer, okay. but it is legit the truth. I am obsessed with watermelon. Like I love watermelon right now. We're in the summertime and I feel like I can't get enough. Um, was super bummed the other week when I cut into a watermelon and it was like really nasty on the inside. Like, oh, I just can't pick a good watermelon. I feel like I've learned all the tricks, but they just don't always work. I know. So watermelon would definitely be high on my list as a good carb. Um, but I have two boys and a husband that loves ice cream and I never right. grew up eating ice cream. Like it just wasn't like it was in the house, but I didn't like gravitate towards it. But now I feel like I do because my two boys and my husband are eating it. So now I want some. So now I, I feel like I, I crave ice cream a lot more than I did. Okay. Yeah. Are you like vanilla or chocolate? Oh, chocolate all the way. Like it, vanilla or even like a fruit flavor. Like I know it tastes good, but nah, no, I gotta have chocolate. I'm the same way. Yep. Chocolate or bust. Cool. <laughs> what about your favorite pre-workout snack? Um, I'm a big honey stinger fan and I love love the honey stinger waffles. So that, or even just like a a sport gummy. I love their, their gummies. There are a ton of companies that I like. I like cliff cliff blocks has a good gummy too. So I'm pretty big on those. I'm sure you have tried them, but I love the mini honey stinger waffles. Yes. Yeah. Those are fun. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully you're shipping some to Australia. Yes, we are. (laughs) (laughs) What about your favorite post-workout snack? Um, my personal concoction is chocolate Fairlife milk and, um, and I'll add in like the PB2 powder to get like chocolate peanut butter. So yeah, that's, that's typically my go-to. Yeah. Cool. And then I'm a big shoe girl over here. So do you have a favorite pair of kicks that you want to share? Do you have a favorite pair of shoes? She's like, yeah, no. totally. <laughs> no, I am like the Nike low donks. I, I have a pair on right now. And they are nice. (laughs) My favorite. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big shoe junkie too. My, my husband's like, yeah, you got to work on that. They're just so great though. Right. It's so good. (laughs) You gotta have, you gotta have a a slick looking pair for each outfit. That's why Riley, I don't know how I'm going to pack for the world cup. (gasps) Yeah. I mean, I, I only have like two pair of two luggage. I mean, two pieces of luggage. I think I can bring a third, but I legit have to like carry it through the airport myself. Cause I'm flying b- before and yeah. I think everyone has to carry their own luggage. So I can't pack more than two pieces. So I'm like, how many pairs of shoes can I fit? Oh, that is the hardest part of traveling. I think, Oh, I feel your pain yeah. right now. I like feel it in my soul. <laughs> <laughs> And I have to bring like my running shoes, which I'm not going to wear anywhere else, but running, but I have to bring those. Then we have like two pairs that we use for training. And then that's already three pair. I mean, if I bring my low dunks, a pair of dunks and like maybe one more pair is all I have. Like that's five shoes though. That's a lot. Yeah. I guess Mm. you're gone for six weeks though. (laughs) I know, but then I'm not going to have room for the essentials. <laughs> Those are the essentials. <laughs> True. Okay. You're gonna have to have a bag of all shoes. That's I think that's what's gonna happen. Um, so if people are listening and they wanted to reach out or find out more information about you or connect, where would be the best place to find you? 
Um, Instagram. I'm not like crazy active. I do promise to be more active at the World Cup because A, I want to document and B, <laughs> I know people want to see. So um it's Langford Sport RD. Langford Sport RD on Instagram. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, thanks again for being on. This has been so much fun and good luck at the World Cup. We can't wait to follow along. Yeah, thanks, Riley. Appreciate you having me. Thanks again for listening to the Eat More Carbs podcast. I would love for you to subscribe so you never miss an episode and then leave us a five-star rating and review so other athletes can find us. If you ever have sports nutrition questions, I'm always here for you. I would love to chat with you to make sure that you're doing everything to meet your goals on and off the field. Please reach out if you have any questions. I'm on Instagram and TikTok at riley.baby.nutrition. Again, thanks for listening and make sure to eat more carbs.